Welcome to Five Live. The episode that you're about to listen to first aired on Instagram Live. It's a little bit different from a regular podcast episode. Have fun listening, but remember, it's a live broadcast, so things can get a little bit crazy. You can find Five Live on Instagram at XOXOFarmGirl, where you can join the conversation live and ask questions. Five Live goes live on Thursdays at noon, so follow along and watch Instagram stories for announcements. You can also watch the entire episode on the XOXO Farm Girl IGTV channel. But for now, here it is, the latest five live in three, two, one. And we are live. Welcome to Talk Farm to Me's Five Live, where I ask a farmer five questions. I'm your host, Farm Girl, and today... We are going to meet Ashton Zubal of Farmstock Farm in Kingston, New York. He is a vegetable farmer and he is farming vegetables with his best friend Nick and Nick's wife Sarah and um, Ashton's wife Michelle as well. And they've got kids on the farm. I think there's four. So it is an incredibly busy place. And I'm really excited that um, that we get to talk with him today about his farming practices and what is happening on the farm itself. So I'm going to invite him right now. Hello. How are you? There you are. I can't believe you're in the greenhouse. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got to take a, it's a nice break. Good time to do it too. It's fantastic. Yeah. I feel a little jealous. You look a lot warmer than I did this morning. <laughs> yeah, I was, I've been watching what you've been doing, man. That's a, there, that's a little bit different work than I do here, that's for sure. Well, I was outside today. And my gator was stuck in the snow because we have about two feet, and I was a little, like, a little too confident, and I drove right in thinking that I could you know, clean my stalls and get the work done before, um, before I got here with you today. And, well... It got stuck, and so my neighbor had to come, and he brought his oh. big farm tractor and pulled me out. So now half the stalls are done, and uh, uh, hopefully I'll get back to it later this yeah. afternoon. Um, I want to make sure that um, those of you who are following, that you um, follow uh, Ashton and uh, his farm on Farmstock Farm on Instagram. And I just want to mention and maybe give a little shout out to Sarah, who is the author of your Instagram. I should clear some things up real quick, actually. Uh -oh. um, yeah, uh, Nick and Sarah left the farm. Uh, they, wow! Yeah, and uh, it's been me since August. And so the witty person since August has been me. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, they just, uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, Michelle and I uh, keeping it going, uh, growing. I mean, we were, I mean, I was the vegetable grower anyway. Uh, yeah, just, you know, uh, doesn't seem like they were cut out for the, uh, the grind, like, uh, like that needs to happen. No so. kidding. Wow. Yeah, that's huge so, news. So they that's actually and left. Yeah. They left New York and everything. So no kidding. Uh, yeah. It's good. Well, farming is not, like that. you know, is not for everyone and there's no harm. No. If, it, if it's not for you, you should certainly get out. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And they did <laughs> quite and quickly. They did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, you know, it was news to us, and it was a pretty, 
pretty quick transition for them. And so, you know, uh, no kidding. So, yeah, but we've been powering through and there's been some really good advancements on the farm and uh, different things like that. So it's like we not only didn't lose a step, I felt like we actually sorry if they're listening. Uh, we actually lost kind of a weight. Uh, and I don't mean that in a, you know, when you're dealing with partners and stuff, sometimes there's devil's advocating just for the sake of devil's advocating. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is a term that it, it's a, that's the, uh, that's the, uh, uh industry term, uh, advocating, <laughs> no, being, de being devil's advocate and things devil's like that. Devil's advocates so. can be very helpful, but I oh, understand 100%. where you're coming from. I, I feel, but not, not in the sake of, uh, just being it. You know, if it's a, it's an idea, I, I, I think like, let's say a team, for example, of four, it would be much more powerful if you all just agreed and went along with that a trajectory and, you know, and all decided that's what you're going to do as opposed to identify every little thing that could, you know, you're just like, not that they did that. It's just more like, you know, it's uh on the farm decisions sometimes need to be made just like instant and not having to check in uh, is pretty nice. <laughs> well, I think that and you've so, kind of covered one of the questions that came up, which was the, you know, the pros and cons of working, uh, working on a farm really closely with friends. So yeah, yeah. And how deep we were. I mean, this is a 13 year relationship with me and Nicholas, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, you think you think, you know, with, with the way the behavior and everything was on the farm, you'd think that we were tackling this together and little did I know. And the, you know, there's just like, little did Michelle and I know that there was this uh, back end kind of conversation happening that, you know, that we weren't aware of because we're in it, you know, I you mean, we're just working, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas this is, this is it, you know, and uh, as far as uh, uh, what we're doing, as far as farming and growing and like what we need to be doing, and uh, how to uh, progress in advance and so um well it's a lot of work and it's very personal when you're in it together so yeah i yeah, hope it you is. and nick can remain friends yeah absolutely i mean it's uh it's cordial and i mean i don't really talk to even my you know friends who i'm you know uh, chummy with currently right now <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> you know uh it's pretty just head down in a dead sprint because for us because we grow three uh 365 days Right. Um, it's both the beginning and end <laughs> of the season. So it's like, wow. Clean. Yeah. I already have, uh, I already have, uh, uh, our first tomato sprouts going. So, oh my gosh, I see them. Hi tomatoes. Yeah, man. <laughs> so those will be our first greenhouse sauce tomatoes. I'm trying to beat, I'm trying to beat July this year. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So. so, well, anyway, that was big news. I was telling um, our followers here that they should definitely follow now Ashton um, at um, Farmstock Farm. I, I thought I'd also give a little shout out to you guys because you give great advice. And I made um, this tincture based on what you guys had on your Instagram. These are flowers from August. These are echinacea flowers and buds. And it yeah. is sitting in brandy. And it has been since August. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's an immunity tincture per yep. your recommendation. And uh, you can find a lot of really great things on Farmstock Farms Instagram. So you should follow. And before um, we get any further on that, I thought we'd get started. I'd, um, we've already met Ashton's beautiful baby tomato plants. But Ashton, just give us a little bit of an overview of the farm real quick before we get into our five questions. Uh, yeah, so uh, basically we are a three-acre farm uh, uh, low till, um, and, uh, we're, veg uh, purely vegetables, fruits, 
I think our standout items uh, as far as what uh, gets purchased the most is our salad greens and our greens. Um, didn't ask for it, but apparently, you know, <laughs> they're good, you know, and our uh, hot peppers are doing really well. And so, um, yeah, uh, we pretty much grow a wide variety of the basics, you know, everything that every restaurant needs, every person needs in their house. Uh, we, uh, I typically don't like to get too fancy. Um, because it's really hard to get at places, especially in a, the climate, the way it is now uh, with the pandemic and, you know, and so really focusing on the uh, core products that you can uh, use all sort uh, all around your meals and uh, interchange and things like that um, is really the focus of our vegetable growing here. Awesome. So one of the questions that came up was as a vegetable farmer, um, you're always planning for what's next. And obviously your tomatoes are already started before we can even think about, you know, fresh uh, tomatoes. And um, I'm just curious what, um, besides those tomatoes, I see some things growing in the background. What are you growing now? And, and what are you planning for uh, just in terms of next season? Yeah, so what we're growing now behind me uh, to my left, uh, we have a Swiss chard, um, uh, lacinato kale, uh, uh, winter celery, and then some baby greens, Asian mix. And then we have the kales uh, over to the right, uh, purple and green curly kale. Um, basically, those have been in the ground since last uh, September. Um, and uh, those are the winter crops. And so luckily, we had a really nice long fall this year, uh, autumn this year, beautiful autumn this year, that allowed us to kind of stay outside for the majority of the time. And, That's great. Uh, yeah, and then we're prepping, you know, just uh, then once these turn over, they turn, it'll turn into greens. And then March, uh, this house will be tomatoes and cucumbers. Fantastic. So you're also, um, you're also planning not only from season to season, but you're always thinking about the next year that's coming. So tell us about some of the plans that you have now that it's, you know, that Nick's not there and you're going to, you're moving forward in your own emphatic direction. What's up? <laughs> What's on the uh, what's on the agenda for the future? Oh man, I already get into the juicy stuff. I like it. So uh, <laughs> so um, yeah, we got a lot. Uh, Michelle and I have a lot planned and a lot to roll out. It's really it's kind of it's really an exciting time. So so we've had to pivot and kind of uh, think of different things, how to kind of broaden our brand and kind of reexamine like uh, a farm as a business. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's a cutthroat industry, even in the local place. You know, no one you know, it's, uh, it's still a competition, so to speak, you know, and uh, getting into places just to try to sell your food is actually the hardest part. I thought growing the vegetables quality was going to be the hardest part about farming, but it's actually distributing your own vegetables and uh, uh, consistently and getting them purchased. And so what that allowed us to do is reexamine where we were and what we were doing. Um, so my brother is a, a coffee roaster. Um, and developed a, a couple of really good recipes. Um, and so- um, I think he may have just joined us. Is that Preston? Preston, yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, he's here, <laughs> hey Preston. <laughs> and so, yeah, man. And, uh, and uh, it turns out, you know, in a short amount of time, he's, come, he's uh, turned into a pretty talented coffee roaster and he can only learn from here. And, uh, and so we developed a brand called Autonomous Coffee and we've been selling it around Kingston and you can buy it on our website, farmstockfarm.com. Uh, 
uh, wide range of roasts and blends, you know, uh, kind of testing them out right now. And we have a lot of, and we also will be doing private labeling as well. And uh, right before this joined, we got the email that um, our roaster is ready and it will be shipped to us within this next week or two. And so uh, we built out a shipping container um, on our farm into a coffee roasting place, <laughs> you know, where we're going to do it and do all our whole production there. Um, and so what that's going to do is what we're trying to do is close, uh, uh, the most powerful thing about farming is being autonomous or your true autonomy to, you know, whatever craziness is happening out in the world, uh, farming kind of, uh, cuts through all of that because it keeps you in the real, keeps you, you know, like you said, in the future, uh, it's almost hard to keep in the here and now because you are planning so far ahead. And so what we want to do is we want to open up a brick and mortar, which we're close. We had a deal fall through that, uh, uh, that would, we would have already been opened and doing that. But we want to make a natural grocery store here in Kingston and awesome. uh, a place that we can just uh, consistently sell our own vegetables out of, sell our own coffee out of. We think that a business model of owning your own production, especially in a time like this, you know, it will allow you to participate in the system, even if you don't agree in capitalism or you know, whatever philosophical, economical way you, you want to go, uh, you can, uh, you can actually own your own production and kind of, uh, be sustainable and be, uh, em uh, uh, empathetic in your business practices, uh, and still build out a scalable model that people might want to either franchise or, um, or, uh, model their own farm or business after if you just like attach the right things to it um, you know it could actually make farming uh, a saw uh, you know a seekable venture for people wayward uh, intelligent people who just you know don't want to do the regular stuff farming actually the growing part is not the hardest part it's actually one of the most fun to figure out yeah, farmer, so farmers have to wear a lot of different hats. And I think it's really interesting that you're talking about this autonomy because um, at least two of the farmers that I have interviewed recently uh, are really focused on that. The dairy farmer opening his own creamery, yep. making sure that he can sell his milk where he's not beholden to a cooperative yep. uh, pig farmer who's figuring out ways to sell meat where she's not really beholden to uh, to a particular butcher, um, you know, processing uh, schedule. So it yep. seems like there's a real trend uh, among small farmers. Oh, to... we got to connect. That sounds, yeah, I got to, we'll connect after this. I want to get, uh, I want to see who they are. Yeah, no, they're doing some interesting things, but it's really echoing through um, a lot of the small farmers that I'm talking to. So that's, that's awesome. really interesting. Um, I wanted to ask this question because I know that you're, uh, before you basically lived in a greenhouse, uh, you were city, you were city guy and yep. now you're a farmer. And, um, this isn't the first time that I've talked to city folks who have traded it all in, but I wonder if you could give me a couple of, uh, things that you miss from being a city guy and uh, maybe a few things that you have now that you would not trade it in for? That's a good question. Uh, a couple of questions. Uh, what I miss about the city, uh, honestly, not much. I gotta be, <laughs> uh, you know, we, we spent 10 years there. 
you know, I was uh, a few in LA, a few years in LA before that, you know, and uh, as far as time in the city, I would say once you, once you've, it's a place like New York, for, for instance, once you've learned all of the lessons that that place can possibly teach you and you're still searching, it's a good time to get out. You know, like, uh, you know, it's only going to stomp your face in even the more you try to something new, you know, even though it might, it's a feel good stomp, you know, it, it hurts so good mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but then when you, when you come up here, the, the lessons that the city teaches you is like how to properly spend your money. Like what, what spending your money is worth to you. You know what I mean? Your time, you know, right. uh, that's where the autonomy kind of comes in. It's just like, in the, the regular jobs and the hustle and bustle, your, your time is so mistreated and not compensated for, you know, and I was just, it's just one of those things that, you know, too many, too many things take up your time of uh, proper thinking and uh, proper meditation, so to speak. And, um, but uh, things I do miss, it's tough because I live in Kingston. And so like literally everything's out my door. You know, I have, uh, Kingston has some amazing food. The Hudson Valley in general has just, you know, Stone's Throw Away is just brilliant food, pizza joints, uh, you know, cafes, bakeries. And so I, you know, what I love most about the city, uh, being around so much food, uh, Kingston, Kingston and the Hudson Valley is no short shortage of it. If anything, uh, it's more streamlined uh, to the local butchers and uh, farmers and things like that and dairy farmers. And so it's uh I don't know. Great. I wouldn't. Tra- I wouldn't trade it for anything, man. The Hudson, the Hudson Valley, <laughs> especially, I think is. I don't know. Coming from the West, definitely should be talked about more. You know, should be part of people's education. This is one of the most remarkable places that I've ever. Well, it sounds like you're. It sounds like you're living living the dream. Actually, um, <laughs> it's mine. That's for sure. I don't know. It might be some people's nightmare. And it's nightmare. yours. <laughs> Congratulations but on it, that. It, yeah, thank you. Um, I want everyone to know I've um, I've met with Ashton before, right at the beginning of the pandemic, when he and Nick and their whole farm was pivoting away from restaurants. Restaurants were closing, um, and we had a really powerful conversation, interesting conversation about not only what was going on in the pandemic, but sometimes I think you can look at a crisis and see that. Uh, it's underscoring other problems that already existed. And one thing that we talked about, Ashton, and I wanted to go back to that for a second, was the idea of a regional food system. Yeah, yeah. And let's talk a little bit about that, what your thoughts are, what it is, what your thoughts are on it. Do we have one? How do we get one? That kind of thing. Well, people are people are sure working uh, pretty damn hard of trying to uh, at least assemble some sort of something <laughs> like that resembles a system. Uh, but what, what, what I've seen and, you know, read around the country, there's still red lines and food deserts. And, you know, there's just these things that like either, you know, on purpose or not, you know, uh, different conversation there. But like uh, what I do see is like, it's still kind of a, uh, for such a developed nation, uh, how we don't have a food system of how to properly allocate food plenty there's plenty of food uh properly is it's kind of shameful you know um you know and then you ask how you do that and yeah it's localizing and regionalizing food um you know it shouldn't be the wild west food should not be i even a business owner i don't think i think food and health and things like that should just not be part of the capitalistic game 
you know, because food is health and, you know, and it's a necessity, you know, and it just shouldn't be partnered with uh, apps and uh, tech, you know, like it just, it's an unfair advantage there because the returns, we're selling vegetables, <laughs> you know, and so, um, and you're, so you're the, getting, you're getting a lot of little um, hearts for, for all of this regional food talk. Um, oh. Yeah. So I just want to remind you guys out there um, that you can ask a question. Uh, we're not quite done, but uh, we have a, a few more things to talk about. And um, if you have a question, just go ahead. You can type it in the comments. You can type it in that little question question bubbles. So um, we had a lot of questions about um, about cannabis and mm. um, and certainly features heavily on your uh, on your Instagram. I know that you've been able to sell uh, some of it maybe at the market, but I'm curious when we're talking about cannabis, we're talking about uh, growing it for CBD purposes. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you get permission to grow it? and how you maintain its proper level so that it comes out <laughs> as the right <laughs> thing and not as something too strong? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, luckily, a lot of the uh, geneticists already kind of cap out the percentage of uh, CBD that you can uh, grow it to. Uh, no matter, no matter the, the nutrients, no matter what you do, it, it does have a cap. Uh, and so uh, to maximize that is that's the that's the part of the farmer you know and and weather <laughs> and uh the conditions so that's why like uh growing indoors under you know perfect conditions all the time will get you uh a much more clean a lot much more uh, uh powerful you know more potent um, is but, it cannabis season now are you growing some there in the greenhouse uh no 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 I, i'll be starting uh what i will be doing is i'll be starting uh, a lot of my seeds um, right now, uh, there's uh, some auto flowers out on the market, which uh, uh, for all you growers out there, um, cannabis is an, it's a photo period plant. So all you have to do is adjust the light when you want it to start flowering. So it's like an 18 and six, 18 on, six off. And then when you want it to flower, it could be any time you want it to pretty much, you just switch it to 12 and 12, you know, and then the timing you do it will all dictate like the potency and the quality that you're going to get and things like that. But um, a, lot, a lot of our um, followers were, you know, saying, well, it's funny, actually, either saying that they don't want to talk about the fact that they might use it. Not, <laughs> maybe they're just a little shy. Um, but other people were telling me how essential it is to um, maintaining like or maintaining sort of a level of like lower anxiety if they have anxiety. Some other folks have told me that they're using it as a, um, as a lotion or an oil on their body when their yeah, body yeah. is Back sore and, and hurting. Like that. Yeah. Um, someone here is curious um, that a lot of, you know, asking about the CBD products, like some of them don't even contain it at all. And I think, I, I don't know if that's true or not. And you can speak to that, but. Um, some of them don't actually contain CBD is what you're saying? Yeah, that's what he's asking. Oh, um, well. You should always go to a trusted person. Never go to your gas station for your CBD. Uh, it's all dog shit. Um, Words to all, live by. All of it. Um, you know, uh, you know, if you do have any access to a local farm. So uh, to answer your first question, how, I, how I'm legal to grow it is I grow under Empire State Growers. 
So that's under Hepworth Farms. They're a 200-year-old <laughs> uh, establishment. And uh, uh, Amy Hepworth, uh, guru, godfather, evolved, godmother, you know, of, uh, you know, at least the, you know, they're uh, she's just extremely talented and extremely knowledgeable. And so um, that's who I grow under. And it's a cooperative, you know, uh, where it all kind of, you know, everyone benefits from the harvest, you know, that, that you do um, and uh, the participation that you put into it. And, and what would you say are the like best uses for CBD? Well, uh, CBD, I mean, some of the quickest ways obviously is uh, you can get some vegetable glycerin uh, or uh, uh, like Everclear. And what you can do is grind it, you grind it up, coffee grinder or, you know, Vitamix, something like that. And uh, then you just kind of, uh, you can like, like you're making a tincture, you know, um, you just let it sit, let, and uh, then you'll sift it out, extract it. And yeah, just like that. And then what you'll do is you strain it and uh, then you can actually use that in your food and things like that. And the longer you let it sit, so like two weeks, I would say is the minimum. Uh, so it can actually be, you know, actually have some qualities to it. Um, and, you know, and you can, that's an easy thing to do. We do pre-rolls, you know, and so, uh, which means they're just pre-rolled joints. And so you can smoke them. So the people who, you know, don't mind smoking. Um, my wife finds a lot of benefits in it as far as the anti-anxiety and things like that. And no, it's not like, no, it's not like marijuana, like, uh, uh, THC, uh, it doesn't give you any psychoactive feeling, nothing like that. It's just, uh, I can't explain it because I like THC. And so CBD is more like my brain's just like, come on, man, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And so like, I don't, I, I don't feel the effects of CBD as, uh, like, like my wife and like, I have, you know, friends and, uh, uh, other people who absolutely love, uh, either smoking, smoking it. My mother-in-law uses a, a topical lotion. Um, she was in a car accident and has like aches and she says it's, uh, not a placebo. <laughs> like it actually, uh, you know, uh, lessens the pain and, you know, makes her feel good. Right, right. Yeah. That's what I've heard from some of our followers. Yeah. Um, one of one Remarkable. question came up from somebody local in um, in Kingston, and they think that maybe they've seen you before. Maybe uh, not on I'm the farm. Sure. I, um, yeah, uh, maybe not on the farm. I mean, me and my family we're we're before, especially pre-pandemic, we were always out and about socializing and eating out. Love the restaurants here. Love the life. And so. Well, yeah. his question was a little more specific. He wanted oh. to know if you were an actor or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> I don't yeah, know where you would have seen you're, you're not, this I isn't an no act, idea. is it? No, it's not. No, I, yeah, it's, uh, this is a green screen behind me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I have no idea where you might have seen me, but uh, not like famous or haven't done anything cool or anything. But yeah, I, uh, mainly a voice actor, which I still keep up in you know, represented by agents and managers and stuff. And, you know, it's awesome. Um, it's been really great being here with you today, Ashton and your uh, baby tomatoes and whatnot. And um, yeah, I have one, um, one last question for you because, um, well, I just like to ask one question of everyone I talk to. And that is after a really long day, besides the THC or the CBD, if you're going to have a cookie or a cocktail, which one would it be? Ah, uh, cookie. All right. What kind? Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, classic chocolate chip pretty much is just the uh, cookies and milk. Straight up. 
straight up cookies and milk is just all right i'm gonna make some cookies go. and send them your way for all the hard work that oh, you're doing oh uh, that's too kind of you i've this being on here is, is a treat enough <laughs> but thank you but i do want to say one more one more thing about the regional food go um, ahead is every I, anyone who's listening start postulating this to people who might know even policies of how to make this happen to regionalize the food, your local farmers, how do you get the local farmers subsidized even partially by the local government? So we can keep at least partial our food here where we grow it. Because we have, like the farmers here behind me have to go to the city to, mm. to, to sell the way they need to sell. You know, it's just, there's just not that need here, but we do need their food. You know, he That's grows such remarkable food. a great call food. to action, honestly. Talk if to your you local are, representatives. Is in, this an idea? It, can this happen? You know, farmers are subsidized for uh, all the Monsanto stuff, wheat, corn, and soy. If we regionalize it, can we subsidize a farmer, even volunteer a portion of their land, you know, with, then they'll get subsidized for it. Not even their whole crop, even, unless they want to, you know. Uh, but there has to be something for the farmer. Uh, we're always the, it just seems like getting into this, that like it is true. It's just... Uh, you know, we get, oh, farmer, when it should be, it should not be, oh, you're a farmer. We get like felt bad for, or it's such a good thing you're doing. And, you know, you know, it's come do farming and you will not talk like that ever again. You know what I mean? Like, no, it's like, it's a business. It's the one of the most gnarly things you can do. And I'm just a vegetable farmer. I'm not even talking dairy cattle or, you know, livestock, anything like that. And uh, yeah, we just need a lot more help and uh, subsidizing would be actually one of the biggest ways that could be done policy-wide. Well, it's a great call to action. And if you think about it while you're listening, um, if you wanna turn around and get some great vegetables from your own uh, local area and you can't get them because your vegetables, those vegetables have been shipped to a, you know, a big city or have been shipped across the country or have been shipped out of the country, how what can we do to keep some of our local food more local so that everybody has access and it's a it's a great call to action ashton it's something we should all be thinking about great. um i have a couple other just a little business because we had a little drawing this week for talk farm to me cup i'm going to send you one ashton with your cookies so you can have some milk but oh, i'm drawing awesome. names thanks for participating and um, I just want to let you guys know, um, I'm going to do a little poll about who's going to be on next week, what kind of farmer. So you get to vote on the kind of farmer um, that you'd like to hear from. And in two weeks uh, from today at noon, we are, going to, um, we are going to hear from Swanton Berry Farms out in California. They grow strawberries and vegetables, and they are the first organic farm to join a labor union, really to take care of the farm wow. workers that uh, work on their farm, who come from Mexico, super interesting um, risk that they've taken and really leadership. And we're gonna talk to their farmer who's been there for over 30 years. Uh, his name is Jim. And I think you'll all find it really fascinating, but stay tuned for the poll for next week. And no further ado, the Talk Farm to Me mug goes to Red Eft Farm in Massachusetts. So I'll be sending this mug um, their way. And um, 
Again, I just want to say thank you, uh, Ashton, to you and to all of the great work that you're doing there, uh, persevering um, and innovating. We wish you luck with your, um, your brick and mortar project, which sounds thank incredible. You. And um, I want to thank everyone who's joined us today. Thank you for adding your questions beforehand. Thank you for every little heart or emoji or thumbs up and your questions today as well. Um, we look forward to seeing you guys for uh, Five Live next week, Thursday at noon. Talk to you guys soon.